Hello, and welcome to the Red Card District Podcast. I'm joined today by Andrew Mangan. You know him as Arsblog, at Arsblog on Twitter. Thank you for, for joining me, Andrew. My pleasure, as always. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so the World Cup is back. That means Red Card District is back. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we've done one of these podcasts for this project in particular. But, um, you know, the, the the big tournament brings it out of us. And uh, some exciting stuff. There's been some exciting action. We've had a little over, what is it, a week and a half of uh, football now? Is or it is even? Is it even? It's not. No, a, no, it's, a, it's, it's week, right? Just a it's week, Thursday, yeah. Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting, I think, hasn't it? You know, I wasn't expecting to to enjoy it as much as I did, to be honest. I, w- I was thinking it was going to be a bit less. I don't know why. I thought maybe just politics and location and other things would would come into play a lot more than they have, you know, and they haven't, which is brilliant. So it's been good just to focus on football, and I'm sure. Like me, you you're kind of into the idea of just watching football without being too invested in it. You're not too hung up on the result and who's playing well and who's not playing well because it, it doesn't matter because it's not Arsenal. You know that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely, indeed. And also, you know, I'm used to having a, a home country in the World Cup as well. Mm. We didn't do that so well uh, for us, the Americans. But um, you yeah, got Mexico, man, right? Well, I have, I have Mexico, so that that's great, and that result was amazing. So that's, you know, that's been able to enjoy that definitely a bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely affected the the general, I don't know, feeling around the country uh, and people here. You know, it's it's just kind of affected a lot of how they look at it and affecting the coverage and and people's general perceptions. But there has been a, a nice bit of uh, you know, some people have been willing to embrace Mexico and in. In times in the political climate that we're in, you know, it's 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 nice to have some people that normally wouldn't be rooting for them actually kind yeah. of kind of showing their support. Yeah, it must be good to have something to take your mind off all the, the craziness that's going on over there at this moment in time. You know, and I, and I get it. Like if the if the U.S. were involved, it would be a you know a huge distraction. It would be uh, a lot more focus on it, I guess. But you know, given the 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 wide variety of populations and people that are there anyway from countries who are involved and everything else you know i'm sure it's uh i'm sure it's still really popular right the 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 bars and pubs must be hopping when the games are on even if they are a little early some of them yeah no it's 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 pretty fantastic you know especially here in, in los angeles we're quite the melting pot and there's people from all different places there's you know peruvian restaurants that were open for the match that just happened you know uh you know i have a friend that was off to the argentinian restaurant on the other side of town for for this match is about to happen right now with between argentina and um who they playing right now croatia uh, croatia croatia yeah so yeah i mean yeah there, there's little communities within all over this area and it unites so many people so we've really been we've been having a blast and getting out and seeing um the different people that you know cheering for their for their nationalities yeah um the, i mean it was insane you know that stat about mexico creating a false earthquake when that goal went in is yeah. <laughs> is fucking amazing i, I mean, mean that's i i actually worried when i heard that because mexico city's had two pretty bad earthquakes in like the past year yeah like, they don't, they need, don't to... need any <laughs> they didn't need any more seismic movement going on over there there's don't, enough don't encourage the earth's tectonic plates mexico what are you doing you're playing with fire here. but you know yeah, i yeah, think fair. that's that's the, that that really is the the beauty of football isn't it and the beauty of sport i guess in a way but also football and that's why we love it is 
is it can take you away from everything. I don't know if you saw the video. Did you see the video last week of the the kids in the school in Uruguay where they had the the TV on and it, it was right oh, towards yeah. the end of the game and the, the, the corner came in and they scored the goal. And there was just this euphoria in this tiny little space on this planet with all these kids and their teachers. And all it was was just pure happiness and pure joy that a football hit the back of the net. And, you know, we can be cynical as much as we want about sport and the people who play it and the people who who run the game and the decisions that are taken and the way they take those decisions and the commercialization and everything else. But when you see things like that, it's very difficult not just to have a little kind of burst of, of happiness and love for your fellow man. Uh, it might sound a little bit hippy dippy or whatever you want to call it but you know in these times in these times i'll fucking take it i'll take every little bit of purity that this world can give us and that was really something and you know that's maybe only something you get from a world cup as well you know there's this this idea that that a whole nation comes together in support of the team it's it's amazing well, and you can look at that kind of as a, you know, for a lot of those kids, that'll be a defining moment that they're never going to forget. You know, I, I remember particularly, you know, the World Cup in 94 when mm. it was here, having moments like that. And those are very pivotal, you know, at, at a, at a per certain age, I believe I was nine years old when it happened. So for a kid who would be in grade school mm. during that time, like having that moment of watching it in your class with everyone, everyone going crazy, that's going to, that's going to be the roots behind some of these, these kids and people's passions as they grow louder they're gonna they're always gonna talk about that moment when they were in class and watching that yeah and it's gonna you know and it's gonna stick out to them in, in that sense and be you know pivotal because I, yeah. I look back at those at those things and that's you know even as terrible as what came from it but you know when the usa scored that goal the own goal against columbia in 94 that you know that's it was the biggest result that had ever happened for american soccer so yeah. that was you know, I, I remember where you are for those. Yeah, I, I can tell you something. You know, my, my first memory, I've spoken about this before, my first memory of Arsenal was watching the 1979 FA Cup final. Uh, my first memory of football is watching the 1978 World Cup and watching the final. I remember being allowed up late to watch the final. It was Argentina against Holland. And it was, as an experience, I remember, like, I had a, a couple of big cousins who were, you know, elder cousins who were kind of cool, and they were like idols of mine when I was, I was eight or nine at the time. And uh, right, of course, and you're allowed to stay up late, and you're allowed to watch the game. And you know, in Argentina, they had these amazingly sheer stands. You know, we've all seen the games in Argentina, but the ticker tape and the toilet rolls festooning across the pitch, and you know, I'd never seen anything like that. And right, it's I, fantastic. I, yeah, amazing. I can remember it to this day, and and I remember being so heartbroken that Holland didn't win. I wanted Holland to win so badly and they lost 3-1 in the end. They had a, a great chance to win it before extra time, I think. But I remember it was the first moment where I felt absolutely heartbroken by something that was completely out of my control. But it's a sure. vivid, vivid memory because I, I was lying under a chair. I was that small. I could lie underneath the chair where my dad was sitting and, <laughs> and watch this match. And, you know, that's my first memory of football and it's a World Cup. And I think people, that's why it's special for people because people generally remember their first World Cup because it comes at a stage in their life where their their interest in the game is really formative and nascent, isn't it? You can be You can be captured by all the things that later you become a little bit cynical about. So, you know, to, to, to see people just enjoying themselves is, is great. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, we're having these moments. The, the, I know a lot of people, I have friends who's, you know, have young children mm. who had that same sort of thing. Also that, that, that Mexico match was the first time they ever experienced it. And, and then, and then the sense of community after, you know, there's outpouring of stories of just <laughs> because the, that Mexico match was 8am here on the West coast. Yeah. Uh, so it's at 10am it's the party was starting. And so, you know, everyone <laughs> had the Mexican neighbors were inviting them over for chilaquiles or, or some, <laughs> some sort of food and beer. And, and it turned into an all day, Fest, festivities amazing and we're hoping that to happen again i mean we, we're lucky enough to have that again this upcoming saturday so they, they've timed it like they've timed it very well for the mexico team they, they got the good the good luck with the draws because they're being placed on the weekends and they're not at the ass crack of dawn for yeah. us out here so who are they playing in the next game south korea saturday morning right okay saturday well, I fancy their chances if they play the way they did against Germany. They were really, really good. It yeah. was exciting, wasn't it? It was cool to see Carlos Vela, <laughs> you know, a guy who, who you know, had so much potential at Arsenal. And, and there was obviously a reason why we brought him to the club at a very young age. But, you know, he liked, uh, he liked London. He liked the nightlife. Uh, you would never say that he was perhaps the most dedicated professional you know, if there's a scale where, where I don't know who the biggest party, Gaza is at one end and Dennis Bergkamp is at the other uh, yeah, in right. terms of professionalism. Carlos Vela's maybe somewhere in the middle of that. Um, but, you know, how yeah, great to see maybe, him. Maybe, maybe, maybe just below Ronaldinho, but not quite. Yeah, OK. I think Ronaldinho is a much better um, uh, comparison than than Gaza. Uh, <laughs> well, like you said, that's, that's one end of the spectrum, right? So that, yeah. that's at the full, going full stop. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Carlos, I, I've been a big fan of his and we, I was lucky enough to watch, you know, before we signed him at Arsenal, the, the under 17, uh, world cup that they, that Mexico won the championship it had all those players in it. So they were, you know, Mexico was hoping this would be their golden generation for a long, long time. Mm. You know, the, those players are all now in their late twenties. You know, I forget when it was, it was like 2007 ish. Yeah. Team one, so you know they, they've matured. This is the time that they were supposed to be putting it all together, but there's been so many uh, peaks and valleys in between. You know, like you said, Carlitos throwing the little prostitute party for Copa America didn't really win over a lot of people. <laughs> that all, you know, that, that apart, from, apart from the people the, who were invited, <laughs> but that also seemed to be the last route for him with Arsene Wenger, right? I mean, after he got shunned from that, it was kind of like he's out for loan, and that's it. Yeah, it seemed like character thing for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's, there is a lot of character in this Mexico team. I, I'm more shocked and than surprised that, uh, that Rafa Marquez is still out there. Isn't there I mean, a... I, th I, I, thought he was, I thought he was too old last World Cup. I couldn't understand it. But he's, he's now played in his fifth fucking World Cup. 39. And isn't there some mad story doing the rounds that because he's got some alleged connection to some people who aren't necessarily the best people in the world he had to go around the houses to get a visa to get into russia and all kinds of stuff it's uh it's bananas from that point of view and then of course being 39 and playing in a world cup you know we've seen goalkeepers maybe do it and uh yeah, if you yeah. remember in i think it was 1990 i don't know if you remember or not but uh there was a guy called roger miller uh who, who played for cameroon and he was he was definitely 40 at the time he's 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 66 now, but he looked a good 40 back in 1990. Um, and there, there were some doubts as to, to whether or not he was the age he was. But, the you know, validity of this yeah, birth certificate. To, to, be, to be 39 and to come on and play a part, you know, when you're 39 as well and you're playing, you're not going to be rampaging forward. You're on to sit and to hold and to 
to soak up the pressure that you're inviting on yourself by bringing a 39 year old on the pitch anyway. <laughs> so um, amazing, just a great result. It was so much fun to see and Germany were far too much like Arsenal for me to enjoy what they did. It was way too familiar, wasn't it? It was, it was quite tepid. It was, yeah, it was, it was frustrating to watch. I mean, I, I was happy to see it for Mexico, but I, ex I expected a lot more out, out of, out of Germany than that. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, was, wasn't their best, but, uh, you know, Chucky Lozano came on and well, I mean, he started, but played fantastically, showed so much, um, I don't know, endeavor on the wing. And he really has been their, their standout player. Um, all, you know, on the club level, been the best player this season. Yeah. Um, I think he was PSV's player of the season as well. And, you know, he's doing well. And I know he's been connected and rumored to be going any, anywhere and everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's really impressive, you know, and it's, it's good. And, you know, it's funny. I was seeing before the tournament started, they did a breakdown of um, the United States and what, what was the highest selling Jersey per, you know, the per state, I believe for some fucking reason alaska had harry kane as their number one jersey i couldn't believe it. <laughs> well no hang on <laughs> I, like, I, I, the I, only fucking state where, where that was the case and it was a harry kane jersey in alaska but there's probably away. just one guy bought one shirt in alaska and that and, was it and, and there's and there's all the numbers fucking hell yeah i mean look i i'd say and i don't want to disparage a part of your country or anything but i would say that alaska <laughs> is a strange place anyway right yeah it's, yeah, it's a quite backwards-ass place. Yeah, I don't even mean backwards, but just even strange simply because it exists on, like, Canada's arse pointing towards Russia. You know, uh, it's freezing, it's a bit barren and everything else. I think it, you know, just lends itself to strangeness anyway. But, sure. yeah, Harry Kane. So, yeah, what was where was Lozano's shirt, number one? But, but surprisingly, across the... <clears throat> Across, like the along the northern border, touching Canada, there was there were many states. It, it, some of them that made sense in the in the in the Pacific and the Southwest. Having Lozano be the number one jersey wasn't that surprising, being close to Mexico. But something like Montana, North Dakota, and stuff like that. Wow. I guess they've got some they've got some Mexicans hidden away up there as well. So we're we're everywhere. Yeah, I did. I tell you what, though, when it comes to jerseys, I'm very sorry to see that Peru have gone out because that is absolutely the best jersey of the tournament, yeah. isn't it? It's beautiful. It's a very, it's a very, very clean kit. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. And yeah, RIP. Yeah, uh, they've got one more game. We can enjoy that if they're not playing in their right. away kit. Their away kit is equally nice, though. It's like a red shirt with the white stripe. It's fucking excellent. Right. Jeez, I wish we no, could do something a, like that at Arsenal. Clean, clean kit. Yeah, we haven't really had much luck with uh, nice kits lately. No, we have not. <laughs> let's not make this. Any, let's not make this an angry podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have not. I don't, I don't, once again, I think it's been several years since I've bought one now at this point. But yeah, same. That's okay. Same. Well, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if, if Adidas comes in at some point. Maybe that'll next year, next year, things. next year, next year. Yeah, for sure. We shall see. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the hosts. So Russia came in with, without very high expectations, I think, amongst the footballing world. Um, have come through, have scored the most goals in the tournament, have now one, are two for two, are qualifying with Uruguay in Group A. Um, <clears throat> with some interesting stats have come out too, I believe <laughs> people have looked into uh, the amount they've been able to run. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a little uh, it's a little off from the mean that they've they've done been able to cover more ground than anyone else in the tournament. 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a little off from the mean, but not so much that it's ridiculous, but just enough that it's suspicious for a country that <laughs> for a country that's got a for a state sponsored doping. Yeah, they've they've had a few little issues down the years, haven't they? When you think about it, um, yeah, you. I mean, you can't help but be cynical, can you? It's like, you know, you see a cyclist <clears throat> do something amazing, you think, okay, I know why, or you see a you see a runner do something amazing, and you go. Okay, I think I know why they've done that. Um, but they got they got some of Michael's uh, secret stuff yeah. in the back. Yeah, but look, you know, running obviously makes a difference, but there's a bit more to the game than that as well. So, so they have been good. I mean, Saudi Arabia were terrible in, in the first game. Yeah, they were trash. They were they were really bad. But um, they've got some some okay players, don't they? Russia. I mean, Golovin we know about because he played against us in the Europa yeah. League last season. Um, you know, he looks a, he looks a player. Um, beyond that, you know, they've got these veteran center halves and everything else. Actually, there's another reason to be a bit suspicious, isn't it? We've got those veteran center halves <laughs> who aren't doing that much running. No way are they doing that much running. So that means somebody else is running more than them to increase the mean, <clears throat> to increase the average. Holy shit. Yeah. There's a guy, there's one guy on the team doing like 25 kilometers a game just to make up for those just, guys. So Just running up and down. Yeah, you know, but they were very good against Egypt, I thought. Egypt weren't particularly yeah. great and, uh, you know, a bit of Arsenal interest in there with El Neni. But, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, Egypt's been a bit of a letdown. I mean, I think they, I thought they fought quite well without Salah in that first match against Uruguay. Um, I certainly understood why they wouldn't play Salah against Uruguay because, mm. you know, you know, one of those nasty bastards would have taken him down. I, I, I've looked at that, and once once he was on the bench to start the match, I'm like, he's not coming on unless there's some sort of emergency. I just, yeah, it, it just made sense. Would you put him on a pitch with a guy like Luis Suarez or any any Uruguayan player? To yeah, be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, you could see why they obviously needed to give him a bit more time to to recover from the injury and to to get himself something like match fit. I mean, I don't think it was match fit so much, but really his shoulder there. I think I saw Amy Lawrence talking about how they were warming him up in training. They were basically battering into him in training mm -hmm. to see what his shoulder hang uh, uh, stand up to the to the right. contact and everything else. Um, and, uh, you know, it obviously did well enough for him to play, but, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's been a fantastic player. But when you look at what else he's got around him at Liverpool with Mane, Firmino, you know, that's a really impressive front three. I'm not sure he's got similar quality around him uh, at national level, players who can who can help him spark into life the way that those guys can, you know? So I think it was always going to be a tall order. Um, it was yeah, a bit it didn't seem like they had, it didn't seem like they had much of a, of a plan other than to give him the ball and see if he could just create something out of nothing because there was, there really wasn't a lot of shape in that, in that last match in terms of, you know, an organized offensive front to where he could have really achieved anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, there was so much focus on him and his injury and, and everything else. Um, that on top of the pressure of being your country's main star and the the high hope for progression or at least some success in the group stages, you know, when you when you go into the game on the back of a bad injury, I suspect in hindsight we'll discover that there's no way he should have been anywhere near the the World Cup squad. You know, if yeah. he was if he was a an other player, if he was just 
you know, Mo Johnston. No, he played for Celtic and or Rangers or both. Actually, he played for both. What a brave guy! Um, <laughs> but you know, if he was just a regular Mo rather than Mo Salah, there's no way I think he would be at the the World Cup right now. But because he was so important, they had to they had to bring him. And uh, right. yeah, look, you know, we, we've we've seen we've seen the consequences of that. But I don't think it was necessarily down to him that that Egypt went out and lost to to Russia. Yep. And well, so along with Russia, Uruguay have been doing quite well, at least as far as results go. You know, the football hasn't been very spectacular. But, no, I mean we don't we don't tend to expect that from them. You know, consider you know taking into consideration the attacking talent they have. You know, you do see some pretty goals on occasion based on what they can pull off. Mm. But, you know, they've never been that pretty of a side to watch. You know, week in week out. Um, but I mean, you can't say you know two matches, two wins. They're they're going through. That's what it is, you know. At this point, it's about getting That's through, it. and then you know, saving your saving your legs, maybe in the in the uh, the third game if you're going to qualify. You know, look at the look at the potential ramifications of finishing top or second of your group, and make a decision there as to what's going to be the better outcome for you. Or Certainly. you know, can you rest players? Can you do this? Can you do that? And um, yeah, it, at this point, it really is all about just getting through, and then you're into the knockout stages and. You know who knows who knows what can happen from there. But uh, what did you um, what did you make of Argentina? I mean, I think Iceland. Uh, I mean, an amazing result for a country like Iceland playing against Argentina. You know, who've won the World Cup, who've such great history, who have players in that side. You know, Messi and Aguero and and all these guys who are just fucking amazing, pound for pound you know, individually far superior to, to the Icelandic squad, but their their work rate and their organization, it's fucking great, isn't it? Just, you know, it shows oh, you there's another thing. There's another side to football. It might not be pretty, but, you know, when you see a team like that pull off a result like that, it's it's just great. I mean, it's one of those, those classic cases of, you know, a, a team of super talented individuals playing against an organized, well-drilled team. Who yep. We've seen, you know, in the last tournament, you know, how they were able to play cohesively. And like you said, playing as a unit, coming together and having that that great team spirit. Um, whereas when, whenever you watch Argentina, you see so much brilliant individual talent, but it, have they ever looked? I mean, I can't think of in modern times when they've looked like a good cohesive team that actually played together. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, what, what they're able to do normally is they're you know, overcoming deficiencies by this spectacular attacking talent they have on hand, whether it be Aguero or Messi, to, um, you know, to, to pull it off and make finals, <laughs> whether it be Copa America or yeah. World Cup, but eventually undone by a better team. You know, once once you reach the level that once you get to the very top, you know, Argentina, I still expect them to get out of the group. I mean, we'll, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, Croatia today is going to be quite a big test for them. I think Croatia, if they had a... <laughs> I feel like if they had a better striker, I think they would be a better, yeah, a decent shot at, they, go, at going a bit deeper. Yeah, they've certainly got um, some talent in the side, don't they? Absolutely. You know, the guys they have in the midfield, there's a bunch of well-drilled professionals. I think this is a big, another big challenge for Argentina uh, here today. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what they can do. I mean, Argentina. I don't think they're going to make a run to the finals this time around. You know, you look at you look at the way who they're putting out. You know, there's. The, the lineup is all over the place. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to most people on the outside. And I just, I just don't think they're going to be good enough to make, I mean, make it out of the, out of the group stage, I guess, but who yeah. knows about uh, anymore. I think so. I think uh, they really need Messi to turn up. You know, they really yeah. do because there's so much, so much 
pressure. And again, we talk a bit like Mo Salah for Egypt. It's the same kind of situation, although totally. the quality throughout the Argentinian side is is uh, obviously an awful lot better than than so. Egypt. But I think it's the same kind of pressure for Messi. And there's all this talk about how he's never really done it at a World Cup and he's never really shown it at international level, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's got to be playing a part too. Did you see the story where apparently they they had a barbecue for Father's Day, uh, the Argentinian squad? They uh, yeah. had a barbecue for the players and Messi didn't come down, stayed in his room uh, apparently to stay focused and, and everything else. So, look, if Messi starts to deliver then you can't fully rule Argentina out because just right. because of his quality but when you look at his track record in the World Cup it's not particularly brilliant he has struggled to to make an impact in the past and uh, you wonder how much that weighs on his mind even even as good as he is and how much he's proved his quality down the years uh, at club level I, I'd say it is a bit of a weight on his shoulders no, definitely. And you know, he wears that weight and how much their individual rivalry with him and Ronaldo go, um, you know, it's, it's all a huge amount of pressure on him. I, I thought he had a pretty good World Cup last time around, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, not finishing well in the final, but I think that was his best tournament so far in his career um, as far as performing for Argentina. Um, but yeah, he's got, he's got, all, he's got the weight of the country on his shoulders and and he knows it. And you have, yeah. you know, you're coming from coming off a year where, you know, you thought you were going to achieve, you know, the first undefeated season in, in Spanish, in Spanish football, and, yeah. and they don't pull that off. Cristiano wins his third consecutive Champions League, coming off a Euro win, you know, and now he's come out and scored four goals in the opening two games. <laughs> there's tons, there's tons of pressure uh, on Messi now. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's let's move along to, to Group B a little bit. You know, we did see we we're speaking a little bit about Cristiano. You know, they, they did win their last game yesterday um, against Morocco. And I think that that first match that we saw, I think that really got the got the World Cup kicked off. That match between Spain and Portugal yeah. was, you know, I think the best match that we've had and certainly the best kind of, you know, after the opening day really felt like made the, you know, the tournament kick off. You yeah. know, seeing goals of that quality, you know, and I, I thought, you know, Cristiano got, you know, a, a a fair but pretty soft penalty, you know, and an easy an easy goal for the second one. But then, at, you know, absolutely scores. I heard you talking on the Arscast Extra about, you know, the moment when he scored and <laughs> feeling a little dirty enjoying, <laughs> enjoying it. But, you know, it is it is a beautiful moment. I remember watching it myself and just being like, ah, well, here's his chance. Is he going to do it? Is he going to be the hero? And he, he put him on his shoulders and and delivered. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And look, you, you can dislike the... The man, or you can dislike the way he behaves sometimes, or you can dislike his head, or his hair, or his neck, or you know all that. You can. I do not. I do too. <laughs> I do too. But the one thing you cannot deny, you cannot deny this guy's talent. He's an amazing footballer, a genuinely amazing He's footballer. A machine. Yeah, he absolute is. machine. And you know what's admirable, admirable about it as well, is that there is obviously, obviously. Uh, a natural talent and ability that he's got with a football and as a footballer, you know, he has that, but so much of it is predicated on hard work, you know, physical hard work. Uh, you know, I, I, I find his um, displays of his musculature a bit uh, over the top and unimpressive uh, because, you know, they make me a little bit queasy, but you know, he's he's got an amazing physique and he's super fit and he has adapted his game over the years. 
you know, he's a very different player now to the one that he was five years ago or six years ago. And so, he has modified his game to stay relevant and to stay important and to remain as productive and and everything else as he has is just it's incredible so you know on the one hand Ronaldo the the guy not my thing Ronaldo the footballer you'd love him on your team wouldn't you I mean he has the mindset of a champion you know he's he's a guy that there's very few individuals regardless of sport that are able to transcend and be a player of that caliber that you know um their dedication to the craft and like what you were alluding to, you know, his hard work and everything he does off the pitch is what makes him so excellent on it. Mm. And it's, it's, it's not, like you said, it's not just the, the God given talent or whatever that they have. It's, it's putting it, you know, putting in, in the work and putting in the hours. And he's obviously dedicated his life to, you know, being the best he poss ever possibly could be. You know, yeah. we, we are, we do. We are very, very lucky to be living in the era where we probably have two, the two best modern era footballers, yeah, challenging each other and pushing each other like this. Because it, it, I don't think there's ever been a time where we had guys like this, you know, dueling it out, duking it out, scoring at, at certain points about like seventy goals a season. Yeah, just insane <laughs> for a decent run, and just going back and forth like that. And 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 they've they've really pushed each other to be the best they possibly could be. And it's. It's 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 amazingly impressive, and it's it's you look you look at the the record now. I mean, I've been on on a certain side of the divide of the the player best player of all time, but you have a guy who's you know like like recent CV, right? Mm. You won, won the European Championships. How many? He's won what four or five? He's he's won three Champions Leagues in a row with yeah. Real Madrid. He won another one with Manchester United. Just one, right? One. Yeah, and there might have been another one with um, uh, Madrid, was there? I mean, I know there's three in a row, but there might have been one a few years ago. Yeah, they have four and five even. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But basically, he's won everything everywhere and continues to win incessantly. And yeah, and yeah, I mean that's it's you're you're watching greatness. So yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of exciting stuff to watch there. I still I picked Spain to win to win the tournament beforehand, but you know the the madness that surrounded their coaching situation, and then bringing in Hero, it's 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 all a bit crazy. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like if there's any team that can overcome that, the the talent of Spain could potentially still make it work yeah i think so you got to have doubts about yero because he's never really done anything in in management and he was a technical director or whatever he was you know uh sure. and, and the players liked uh lopetegui you know they 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 championed his uh retention even when the the spanish fa decided they wanted to, to get rid of him but when right. you look through the squad and you look at the players that they have and you look at the quality that they have and you also look at the experience and the leaders uh that they have you know uh, again and Diego Costa, not not a great uh, person by any means, but you know he's been there and done that and won lots of things and scored lots of goals. And you've got PK, who's a, uh, a an amazing player, but also an amazing leader, a very intelligent guy. Sergio Ramos, absolute bastard, but a brilliant player who's won the lot with Real Madrid. You know, be between those two, Andres Iniesta, Busquets, you know these guys these guys have, have won everything. And I think they probably have enough within the squad. Like, I can't imagine that Hierro is coming in and saying, right, lads, let's go 4-4-2, stick it up to the big man up front. You know, he's not going to change the way that they would, yeah. they would play. You know, at this point, 
uh, I think the coach's job was about managing his squad in terms of playing time, in terms of coping with injuries, maybe a little bit of a tactical tweak here and there, depending on who you're playing. But it's already a finely tuned machine. Yero's not going to take it apart and right. put it back together in a different way. He's going to let them do what they were going to do anyway. So I think when you look at the yeah. players that they have and the way they played against Portugal as well, like at 3-2, you know, this is maybe is one of the criticisms of Spain. At 3-2, they were playing so well and keeping the ball so well that they, they I won't say they took their foot off the gas a little bit, but you, you felt like if they wanted, they could have stepped it up and scored again, right? They could have. And right. they didn't, and they paid for it with the the Ronaldo free kick in the end. But when you, the way they played was just absolutely glorious at times. The way they moved the ball around the midfield and kept possession and and everything else. So for me, I'd be with you. I think it's hard to look beyond Spain as the as the winners of it. Uh, I just think there's so much talent in the squad. But you know, it's football. We might get a surprise. Yeah, and there, there's been plenty of surprise results. You know, I was very. Considering how good they looked coming in, with the amount of talent at their disposal, Brazil not getting not getting a win, a victory in their first match yeah. was a big deal. And then you know, it, it, apparently Neymar going off going off the pitch in training with an ankle knock, you know, you got to wonder about his you know his status for the remainder of of their campaign and whether yeah. they'll be able to do something. I actually do like in their group, Serbia. I thought played quite well. Uh, I thought if they <laughs> once again another one of those teams that if they had a better striker than fucking Mitroglu. Yeah, up there. I could I think they'd actually make a run because this team is also full of a bunch of bastards. <laughs> you, yeah. have, you, have Kol, you have Kolarov on one side and Ivanovic on the other. It's peak you know, bastardry, like, isn't it? At fullback oh positions, you couldn't yeah. get. I mean, like, who'd want to be absolute a, nightmare? Yeah, who'd want to be a winger playing against either of those two? You know, you're going to run into a brick wall. You're going to get kicked out of the out of the <laughs> ground and in, into the street. You know, they're yeah. tough, tough as old boots. Those guys, and they can play a bit as well. So yeah, they've uh, they might cause people some problems, but yeah, you know, ultimately it's about what you can do up the other end of the pitch, and if you're if you're short a striker then it becomes very very difficult yeah um i know we have to wrap it up we have yeah. the argentina match kicking it off soon was there any other team that that shown to you anything else that particularly stood out for for me i thought i thought senegal was was pretty impressive i thought their pace on on the flanks and what they were able to do was was more than what i expected yeah uh, me anyone else in particular that stood out to you no really i mean i suppose we should just very quickly mention england because of the the connection to the premier league and everything else so you know it was it was quite funny i think to see um, I mean, I, I said it earlier, you know, at this stage of the tournament, it's about winning your games and getting through to the knockout stages. But I, I thought England were a bit disappointing, really, against uh, who the hell did they play there? Tunisia. Tunisia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, Harry Kane scored twice. I, I think um, as much as it pains me to say it, the second goal, the header was really, really good. You know, the marking the marking was as bad as the header was good, uh, I'll say. Um, right. And they have a goal scorer. You know, there's no doubt about it that Harry Kane is a goal scorer. And that could take them further than people might think they can go. So I'm curious to see what what, what England will do. Um, they weren't great, but maybe just it's finding your way in the tournament, get a win under your belt, and it might just loosen up uh, the confidence and, and uh, their next game, I think, will be, be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing them actually tested against Belgium. Mm. You know, that's... That's, that's going to be a good one, yeah. 
you know, Lukaku played quite well for, for Belgium in that opening match. It's a Premier yeah, League that, game, basically, isn't it? When you look at all the players, you know? Um, absolutely, yeah, basically. Basically. And, you know, with that team, you know, everyone everyone looks at, like, oh, who's a dark horse? And it's like, well, you can't really be a dark horse with that sort of talent yeah. on your team. But it's one of those things that we well, have to prove it by winning together as this team. But, yeah. you know, but taking those things into consideration, they had basically the same squad at the last World Cup. All of those players are playing at, peak like top top clubs and many of them winning championships and you know winning important <laughs> winning important things and are getting used to winning cups and i think they can they can be able to you know it wouldn't surprise anyone if they made a deep run and with the talent they have that's that's kind of what you'd expect from them yeah yeah well look we'll see we'll see it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting second week isn't it absolutely and we'll see what, what poland can do i was kind of surprised you know that that team i thought would have enough tactical uh, sensibilities about them to do better than they did. I mean, uh, Chesney didn't look too great thanks to that mm. shit back pass from Krakowiak. <laughs> but, you know, having a guy like Lewandowski, you hope they can do something. But, uh, I mean, uh, these groups are all – they're all quite thrown into quite a bit of disarray. So these second matches are going to do a lot to determine what we see uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Something that takes us away from what we all expect is no bad thing either, is it? So No, I, I think it's great. And there's been a lot of – you know, it's too bad a couple of these groups right now that they're so dead and dusted, but I think these upcoming games we're going to get these next few days are going to make for a lot of interesting, you know, like group, you know, group A is basically settled. Um, but all the rest of the groups, you know, there's going to be something up for grabs in that last match. So yeah. there's a lot yeah. more exciting yeah. action to look forward to. Well, yes. The, uh, the Argentina match is kicked off. Um, we should probably end it there. We uh, should. Thank you so much, Andrew. Hey, my pleasure, um, man. Great to yeah, talk to well, you again. Always, always lovely to talk to you. you know, maybe we can do this again later on in the tournament. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, uh, we'll have more for you uh, in the weeks coming. So thanks so much, Andrew. You can follow him on Twitter at ArsBlog. And uh, yeah, check out, check out all of his work at ArsBlog.com and the podcast. It is great, great content. Even if you're a neutral, you want to hear a good football podcast, go there. Thank you, Andrew. We'll, uh, we'll do this again. Yeah, we will, for sure. Thanks. Thank you.